This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to mum in minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com. Hello, I'm Damien Venuto. It's June 1st and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. The government is taking aim at the supermarket duopoly with a range of measures designed to increase competition in the sector. This comes after a Commerce Commission market study showed that supermarket giants Woolworths and Foodstuffs are making hundreds of millions of dollars in excess profits. So will the government's measures help to make grocery shopping more affordable or will the supermarkets fight back against the changes? To help dig into the details of this commercial battle, today I'm joined by the Herald's Wellington business editor, Janae Tibshirani. Janae, the government said this week that it's acting on a lack of competition in the supermarket sector. Now, the response from the government can be broken up into a few different sections. So let's start on the wholesale side. What is the government doing on the wholesale side? Yeah, look, Damien, that is where uh, a lot of the focus is in, in the government's response. We have the supermarket sector. We have two major companies, Foodstuffs, which owns New World Pack and Save and Foursquare, and Woolworths, which owns Countdown, Fresh Choice and Super Value. Right, so these two big companies, they have those retail arms, but they also have wholesale arms. So the government is saying that these retailers need to make sure that their wholesale arms also provide groceries to other uh, retailers, so dairies and anyone else who enters the market at those same sorts of prices that they provide groceries to New World and Pack and Save and Countdown and so on. So it's saying, hey, look, you know, you guys are these big companies. You can buy all this food for quite cheap because you're buying so much of it. You need to make sure you also distribute it to other shops that are trying to sell groceries. You know, that's just another way of trying to level the playing field and take away some of the power that these two big companies have. We have to move in the area of competition for New Zealanders so that they have fairer food prices. Now, obviously, that's on the business-to-business side, but what about the customer? Because this all comes down to the Kiwi shopper going into the store and buying their groceries. So what are they going to try and do for the customer? Yeah, so one thing that I was quite interested in, I thought this would be quite useful, is that they want to make sure that retailers provide unit pricing so that when you go into the shop, you can compare and say, well, this brand is selling you know, the sugar for X dollars per kilo, and this one is X dollars per kilo. So you can compare across products and then you can compare it across different shops. So currently it might be hard to compare because you don't know that actually one of the packets is smaller than the other packet. So that unit pricing, that's what they're calling it, that, you know, it'll take some time, I think, to consult and figure out exactly how that will work. But that's one that I'm interested in as a shopper. A couple of other things as well. They're consulting on a code of conduct for retailers. Also, they're establishing an industry regulator. So this will be a watchdog, um, which can do annual state of competition reviews. And also this will facilitate a 
resolution scheme to mediate disputes between suppliers and retailers. That's back on the more business side, but that's an interesting one. Also, just one more thing which I'll add in is the government wants to allow suppliers, so this is, you know, the fruit growers and things like that, to um, get together and allow them to do collective bargaining when they sell to these big wholesalers. So they can get all the apple growers, for example, to come together and bargain together. So currently under the Commerce Act, you can't do that but they want to make an exemption so that the suppliers can do that to give them a bit more power when they're negotiating with the wholesalers. Pretty interesting. I think each time you make an exemption in a law, that is noteworthy. And that comes down to the fact that suppliers have long complained that they're getting different deals and they're being treated slightly unfairly by the supermarkets, right? Yeah. And I guess if you're a little apple grower versus a big apple grower, that you're approaching these big firms from different positions. So this is a way of trying to level the playing field between the little guy and the big guy. Today, looking at the grocery sector, what is currently standing in the way of competitors entering the market and how do the major supermarkets keep that status quo? You know, you have to remember New Zealand is quite a small country, so there are only so many people who need uh, groceries. But when you have two big firms that are quite powerful across the supply chain, then that makes them quite powerful and makes it difficult for other firms to come in. So, for example, as we talked about before, if you have the wholesale arm and you have the retail arm and you have a number of, you know, retail brands, you know, you have quite a lot of power across the supply chain. So I suppose the government could have looked at breaking up those structures, but that would have probably ruffled a lot of feathers and, and been quite a massive change. But look, at if you're just one part of the supply chain, that's different to if you are well across it. And that's probably what gives these firms a lot of power. The Commerce Commission market study we ordered into the retail grocery sector in November 2020 delivered what we knew to be true. It found New Zealanders pay the fifth highest prices out of 38 OECD countries and that major grocery retailers earn excess profits of around a million dollars a day, more than double what the Commission considered to be a normal rate of return. Do you think that to some degree the cost of living crisis has emboldened the government at this moment to go hard against the supermarkets? Is this a case of the government not letting a good crisis go to waste? Uh, I mean, the climate is definitely right for this kind of thing in terms of the cost of living being so high. This is the prime time for the government to push this through. In saying that, there's nothing people love more than breaking down a, a duopoly or monopoly. I think this sort of thing would always get widespread public support. People don't want to pay lots each time that they go to the supermarket. So I think it was always going to be an easy sell to the public on a high level. And now the fact that inflation is running so hot really adds to that. I think it is important though to ensure that this is looked at as something to address competition which of course feeds through to lower prices but this isn't a measure that is being made directly in response to this you know so-called cost of living crisis. So if you think of it that way this is a competition thing it's not a cost of living thing that's quite useful in setting one's expectations around this. So this stuff isn't going to make a change overnight. When you're trying to make a sector more competitive you you're not going to get competitors necessarily coming in tomorrow. These things take some time to work through. So I think we should temper our expectations around that. And if we're looking for direct things to ease the pain of high prices, then, you know, look at that fuel tax discount, for example, or the halving of public transport fees. Those are things that the government did to directly address the high cost of living. This is a bit different. 
On the topic of new competitors coming into the market, are there actually any international chains that are currently eyeing New Zealand or eager to enter the market? Yeah, so I've just talked to um, some people in, in the sector and I think everyone's currently looking at the warehouse, which is apparently selling cheap butter at the moment and they've got more grocery products in there. And that's one that is being eyed as you know an existing brand that could expand more into grocery. They've already got all these shops set up, you know, the infrastructure is there, they've got the brand recognition. If the warehouse expands more to grocery, that's definitely something to watch. Also, Costco has set up in Auckland, in West Auckland. It's a massive retail store. The idea is there that you can buy bulk, you buy a membership, and then you can go in there, a bit like Gilmore's, and, and buy stuff at bulk. And I think Costco is looking to expand to Wellington and Christchurch. There's some talk around that. Aldi is the one in Australia. But once again, if the environment is right and it's attractive, then I guess that's the idea. The government is hoping that create the right environment, then you'll get some of these players in. Janae, say for instance, we did have a third supermarket giant enter the market. What are the chances of the same thing happening this time with three giants rather than two? Well, that's an interesting question, right? What's the difference between two big companies versus three big companies? It's still not many. I guess the hope is that the more competition, the better for consumers. Something else to remember is that these big companies might have different retail brands. So if you look at foodstuffs, for example, it has Pack and Save and New World, and those two retail brands are marketed quite differently and you know serve different parts of the market as well. So whilst there are two big companies, there are still a number of retail brands. You have a third one come in, it might also have a number of brands that might uh, spur a bit more competition. You know, you've got to think that perhaps the supermarkets were aware that consumer confidence in them was slipping and that those um, price adjustments were probably a reaction to that. The supermarket industry in New Zealand at the moment does seem to be quite aware of the shift in public sentiment and the concern over the cost of items. They've recently locked down a whole range of items in their stores. Do you think that this is a response to the pressure or do you think it's just a clever PR move? I mean, that's an interesting question. And I think clearly the supermarkets are feeling the pressure. And if ever there was a time for them to tell the government they are doing something, it's now. They want to try to avoid, you know, the government taking a super heavy handed approach. And then in terms of making customers happy, of course, it's a good way of advertising. This is probably the time people want lower prices. They don't want fancy food. So that's probably a, a clever advertising strategy as well. Another aspect that's come to light off the back of the Commerce Commission's investigation into the supermarket industry is that supermarkets tend to use leases and ownership to stop competitors from entering certain suburbs. So how is the government going to respond to that and how is the government going to stop that from happening? The government released uh, or made this announcement on Budget Day. It said it was going to introduce uh, legislation to Parliament to try to prevent supermarkets from using these restrictive covenants and leases to block competitors, you know, from setting up shop in certain suburbs or, or shopping centres. So the bill is currently with select committee, so it's currently in the parliamentary process. It's being refined. 
Foodstuffs North Island has actually released a statement and it said that it has already released 78 out of 135 titles and it said that Foodstuffs South Island is also actively in the process of removing restrictive land covenants. So it sounds like there's a bit of progress there. People who have been to Napier will, will have seen this situation play out because there are two countdowns across the road from each other and you know that to me seems like a, a classic example of countdown not wanting to give up that spot to then have a competitor to come in next door so you have two countdowns right across the road from each other seems a bit bizarre beyond making these small concessions in terms of giving up some of those leases and so forth what else has been the response from the supermarket industry have they accepted the criticism and are they willing to change or do you think that they're going to fight back Well, the supermarket sector has said that it welcomes the government's response to the Commerce Commission review. I suppose the writing has been on the wall for some time for the sector. So it's been working with MB, the government, for some time on these things. The climate is such, as we were saying before, that it probably would be quite difficult for the sector to fight back, publicly at least. I'm not sure what's going on behind closed doors. But, you know, at face value, it said it'll do as uh, the government says, and it's not putting up a fight. An area, though, where it might put up a fight, There's a bit more murkiness around this. The minister said that MB is also doing further work around requiring major grocery retailers to divest some of their stores or retail banners. The minister, David Clark, said that this was a longer term process and this will take some time. But, you know, if these firms are told to divest, that's quite major. We'll have to see what their response is, is to that. Certainly the supermarkets are are making the right noises. Um, We want to make it easy for them to live up to their promises and a mandatory regime will do that. We've already seen in the lending space that some of the government's best intentions don't always result in a new law working as it was intended in practice. Are there any unintended consequences that may result from these changes? I think changes to make a sector more competitive are always good. The supposed free market functions well when there are good rules and parameters in place to enable that market to function well. So I think as a principle, making a sector more competitive is a good thing. But as you you say, intervening in a market always has unintended consequences. And as we saw with the triple CFA, as it's referred to, it's the lending rules for banks and other non-bank lenders. There were some unintended consequences. The lenders sort of tightened their belts a lot. And then the government has gone back and re-looked at it all. So let's hope this doesn't happen in this regard as well. I will say, though, that the decisions the government has come to has really been a long time in the making. Like The Commerce Commission's study of this was really robust. There's a lot of advice there. So you would just hope that the government follows the advice and really leverages the work that's already been done. On the topic of legislative changes, they generally tend to take a while before they're actually affected. And by the time they do come into force, they tend to be a little bit watered down. So when can shoppers really expect to see a difference from these changes? And will they really make the big difference everyone's hoping for? I think it'll take time because what the government's trying to do here is attract new players to the market. And, you know, it takes time for that to happen. Where we might start seeing things happen more quickly is the warehouse, for example, that's already here. It's already set up. If the warehouse expands, we'll see some more competition. Uh, The things like the unit pricing, once that regime comes in, that's something that consumers will see straight away. But I think it's good to think of this as a slightly longer term project, increasing competition. If people are looking for ways of easing the pain of inflation, looking to the government to see what the government's doing to ease the pain of inflation, this is probably not where they should be looking. 
Cheers for joining us today, Janae. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Front Page with me, Damien Venuto. You can read more about this and other stories in the New Zealand Herald, online at nzherald.co.nz, or news bulletins across the NZME network. With thanks to our producers and editors today, Sean D. Wilson and Paddy Fox, and executive producer Ethan Sills. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.